Well, good morning to you in Maranatha. What does that mean? Our Lord comes. So hopefully by now we are familiar with that phrase. And no one would disagree that our Lord is coming. He is returning. And no one would disagree that we're living in exciting times. And they would be frightening times were it not for the fact that his tomb is empty that we serve a risen Savior. But the fact is that there are so many things, there's so much happening on the world stage that has end times implications that we would be foolish to ignore all of these things that are taking place. We'd be foolish to dismiss, dismiss these things and not recognize them and not be sharing the gospel with a world that desperately needs to hear. Uh, I'm not going to elaborate on all of those things that are, that are happening today. We've talked about that. That's not our topic. We're going we're gonna to continue with um, study in Colossians this morning. But we are living in dangerous times. We are living in perilous times. But they're also exciting times. And times that we need to be sharing the gospel of the grace of God. Um, we, I'm going to suggest we do something as a church family today. That we start doing something and, and taking this instruction uh, seriously. Uh, doing something. And that something is to dedicate ourselves as your pastor, as the church family, that we dedicate ourselves daily and purposely uh, for praying for one another, but praying specifically for the lost and unsaved family members that so many of us have. I think we need to start concentrating uh, on those in our congregation who have lost children, lost grandchildren, uh, lost spouses. Uh, a Wednesday does not go by when we come together as a church family that we do not have the request you know, to pray for my son or daughter, to pray for my family, to pray for my husband. And I think we need to start zeroing in on those prayer requests so that we start praying for... Um, the family members uh, of, of one another and pray earnestly uh, and pray for the opportunity to share the, the gospel with him. Uh, and one of the things that I think would be, make a fascinating study is to go back in the scripture and look at all the different prayers and look specifically at the prayers where the people who were praying reminded God of his word. I, I, I get a special blessing out of going back and, and listening and reading some of those prayers where they, uh, the, the one that doing the praying remind, reminded God of, of what his word says. And one that I remind God and, and do remind God as, as we're praying for one another uh, is uh, 1 Timothy 1.4. He says that who, talking about the Lord, he, he, he would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, your word says that you would have all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth and pour out your heart for your wives, for your husbands, for your unbelieving, for your unsaved family, that they would come to know Christ. Second Peter 3 tells us that God is not willing that any should perish. Remind God, you're not willing that any should perish. 
come to repentance. Lord, we want the Holy Spirit to move on our family members and get serious about then sharing the gospel with them. Uh, pray for, for boldness. And remember as we're sharing the gospel that it is the power of God unto salvation. God's word is not going to return to him void. You, you know that as you're, as you're witnessing to them. But there is something interesting as we witness to family. I don't know why it seems to be more difficult to talk to our family than anyone else. Am I the only one that, that senses that at times? It, it is more difficult to talk to family than it is people on the street, complete strangers. You can talk to them about the Lord Jesus. Uh, the, the Lord said something about that in John 4:44 that are prophets without honor in his own country. Well, you can almost say the same in your own household. That when you st- when you start trying to share the gospel, maybe it's the gospel, maybe it's because they just live with you, and maybe it's they just know you. Uh, start n- not only praying for those lost loved ones that we have, but praying for the opportunity and for the boldness for either you to speak up or for someone else to come along and start praying for that person now. They can share the truth of God's word with. Uh, look, look with me at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You say, you know, pastor, it's just so hard to pray uh, or to, to witness to some of our family members. Uh, I want to remind you of something that Paul said to the church in Ephesus. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, Paul asked this church in Ephesus, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, the hidden secret of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Here, even the Apostle Paul was saying, pray for me that I'll have boldness. You'd think that he'd be the most bold person that ever ever was. You wouldn't think that he would need that encouragement. So if the Apostle Paul needs it, we all need it. And so pray for one another that we would have boldness to speak. And let me tell you why. Look at 2 Corinthians. And we are going to go to Colossians. But look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I, I just want to remind you of something. As we, as we take this on as a project, that we start, we start praying for our loved ones. And as we pray for our loved ones, that they'll come to know the Lord Jesus. They'll get saved. And then instead of saying pray for them, that they'll get saved you'll come and you'll share that testimony that they have been saved. And what a, what a blessing that's going, that's going to be. So we start sharing those testimonies of loved ones that have, that have come to know the Lord. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, and who is that? That's Satan in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, 
lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. We need, as we witness, as we share the gospel, we need to realize two things. Number one, there's power in the gospel and the truth of it. And as we share the fact that Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again, there's power there. And the second thing we need to realize is we have an enemy that's doing everything he can to thwart that message from going out. But we're just going to deny him. We're just going to defy him. And we are going to do what is necessary to share in the gospel, the good news, that God loves God loves our loved ones, and he wants to see them saved. He wants to see them reconciled. But let me say this. Sometimes there needs to be a reconciliation between us and them before they'll ever see their need to be reconciled to God. So I think as we're praying, Lord, help me to witness to my family we also need to be saying, Lord, don't let me be a stumbling block. Show me if I'm a stumbling block that I might be faithful. And not saying we compromise the truth. We never compromise the truth. But sometimes we just, we need to go at it being pumped with prayer and, and, and preaching and teaching them what God's Word says, but doing it in love, speaking the truth, but doing it in love. I remember, and the other aspect of that is, is it, God does answer prayer. And, and as we reach out to our, to our family, that as we recognize potentially these end times of this present dispensation, that the rapture could take place at any second, uh, burden for that. You don't want to see a loved one left behind. You don't want to see a loved one having to endure that. I, I understand that tribulation. Uh, but understanding that the gospel is powerful, that we have an enemy, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And we just, we go against that enemy and believe that the, the light of the glorious gospel can shine in, in their, their faces and shine in, in their hearts and, and they'll realize their, their need for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but as we pray for our loved ones, share quickly that I remember as a young kid my grandmother praying for my uncle. I, I had an uncle that was, uh, he just, he chased the world and too often he caught it and he had a, had a difficult time and she would just tearfully on her knees before God. I would hear her. I would see her praying for my uncle. She had such a burden for my uncle. Um, and she would pray for him tearfully. Uh, and she had witnessed to him, and he would mock her. Uh, he would laugh at her. Uh, and she would be crushed. She would be crushed as he would... Uh, say things that would be just would would devastate her but she never stopped praying for him never ever stopped praying for him and he never stopped chasing the world either just so you know but I know of other people m me for one who was witnessing watching observing 
her concern, her heartbreak, her tears. And God used that to draw me to himself. God used her prayers, her, uh, her conviction that God was going to answer her prayer. And, and we can only hope that on his deathbed he did. But God is going to bless our witnessing, but you never know who else is observing and watching as you share the gospel. So let me encourage you to be serious about witnessing uh, to your family and friends um, as we get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it, this, this week as I was thinking about opening it up and saying Maranatha, that just came just pouring upon me there in my study as I was thinking about the urgency of praying for our family and our, our loved ones. So now to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And this morning, Scripture uh, just brings about revival in my heart and in my time of study. You know, Faye goes off to work, and I go into my study in the morning, and opening up the, God's Word and, and starting to prepare for the service uh, is always a blessing. But I'm telling you, as we go through the book of Colossians, it, eagerly you want to get in. And, and open these pages. But Colossians chapter 1, 25. Colossians 1, 25. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. We talked about that last week. Which is given to me. And we need to understand that that revelation of the mystery was given to Paul. There's a reason he calls it my gospel. There's a reason why he says I magnify my office. He is the apostle to the Gentiles. He is the one that that special revelation of the mystery concerning the body of Christ was given. Given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Bring to completion. Verse 26. We hit on this just a little bit last week, but I want to make sure we understand this. To fulfill the word of God, even the mystery. He wanted to make sure this church in Colossae understand to bring to completion, to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery, that hidden secret, that glorious truth that before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. God had a purpose that he was going to redeem fallen man to himself through the complete and finished work of his son that he was going to reconcile his creation through what took place on the cross, and that there is going to be a joint body made up of Jew and Gentile, the body of Christ with an exalted head, the Lord Jesus Christ, a body that is coming to worship God. It's not God working through a nation. It's not God working through a covenant promise. It's God bringing salvation to all who believes by his grace. That's what the, the mystery was all about. And that was hidden God, not revealed in ages past, not revealed to the prophets, not re, uh, revealed to the apostles, but now as it was revealed to the apostle Paul. Verse 26, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, those who he has saved. And what is that? Verse 27. 
to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, it's interesting as we go through here, all the times Christ talks about riches, talks about riches, the riches that we have in Christ. And I'm here to tell you, uh, the lost don't know how lost they are, and the saved don't know how blessed they are. Do you know that? The lost do not know how, the unsaved don't know how lost they are, the saved don't know how rich they are, how blessed they are in Christ. Over and over and over in God's Word, He talks about those riches that we have in Christ. You know, people think that riches are defined by how much money you have in the bank. Riches are defined by how much land you own, how many houses you own. I'm telling you as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's not how we define riches. What God's Word tells us is that we have riches in Christ. This is the thing that, that Paul is stressing here to this church in Colossae, that there is in that mystery that he has been given that special revelation of, that they are rich in understanding what that mystery is, that mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's part of the riches that, that they were to enjoy. I think last week we talked about the fact in, in Ephesians 2, Paul talks about the, the, the Gentiles who in times past, they were lost, they were alienated, they, were, uh, they had no part in that covenant promise that they were alienated from God. Without hope is what God's Word says. That's a pretty disturbing position to be in. These Gentiles. But now there is a truth that Paul is sharing with them concerning something that was hid in God that just makes them rich. And that inheritance that we have in Christ, I'm telling you, that is so overwhelming when you stop and think about how rich you are in Christ as members of the body of Christ when you stop and think about how absolutely blessed you are that you, you as a redeemed individual you as somebody who has been bought with a price you no longer belong to yourself you have been placed into the body of Christ you have been sealed into that body there's nothing that can separate you from from the love of Christ uh, from the love of God which is in Christ. When you start thinking about those promises and what is coming and the inheritance and that calling that you have, folks, I got to tell you, that's how you define riches. It's not about what your bank account says. It's not about what your asset list dictates. It's about who you are in Christ. Now, right now, we really understand may not grasp that but I'm telling you one day you will one day when you take up that position see that's positionally that's where you are right now in God's mind that's where you are because we're in Christ he is seated there he is the heir of God Christ Jesus is what the scriptures teach him uh, teaches us 
And him being the heir of God, we're being in him, defines us as being joint heirs. As a matter of fact, Romans 8 talks about us being heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. You talking about a multi-gazillionaire. That's us. There is no amount of money, there is no amount of there's nothing that the world could offer that could ever substitute for that position we have in Christ. And that's what Paul is trying to say here. We have been blessed beyond measure. Amen? Blessed beyond measure. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Aren't you glad this morning Christ is in you? The hope of glory. Where is glory? Glory Glory is in heaven. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1, 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I've got to tell you, that's what we pray for, is that you would understand all that God has for you, all that He wants for you, all that He desires for you to know about Him wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places." far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Do you understand what that scripture is telling us? Do you understand what that scripture is teaching us about who you are in Christ? You are part of the body of Christ. He places you in that body where he desires for you to be and serve. He seals you in that body until he comes for you. And all the blessings, all the glory of heaven is yours. To whom, the God, to whom God would make known what is the riches of His glory. That's my prayer. My prayer is that each and every one of you, as you pray, as you study God's Word, that you will get an inkling, you will get the idea, you would be overwhelmed with the promise that God has made you a joint heir in all that's coming from that promise. It's not a pie-in-the-sky promise. It's going to be a reality one day. And it's going to make the suffering, it's going to make all that you put up with here on earth, it's going to be worth every aspect, every bit of that. Verse 27, to whom God would make known, oh, I've already read that, which is Christ, I just can get off that verse, that's a good one. Verse 28, 
whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. You know, that warning, the, the word there literally, literally, is, literally is admonishing. Whom we preach, admonishing, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. My job as a pastor, my role as a pastor, and, and maybe sometimes people have actually criticized us uh, for this. Uh, my emphasis is not in numbers. Opening the doors and, and having numbers just people come in. I want to see the church grow, but when I say to see the church grow, it means you as individuals growing in Christ and in your relationship with Christ. I want to tell you something. As you grow in Christ, the numbers here will grow. That's a fact, Jack. As you grow in Christ, as you mature in Christ, and that's what Paul is telling this church here in Colossae. He, he wants to present every man perfect, complete, realizing the full potential, everything that God has for them, mature in Christ Jesus. That's what he was wanting to do. To make, to make known, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man mature or perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. Folks, we need to take seriously the calling on our lives to be ambassadors for Christ. We need to take seriously the calling on our lives to preach Christ Jesus, to labor for Him. And the, the wonderful thing about that is God's Word makes it clear that we're laborers together with God. I read that scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 that, that talks about the fact that we are laborers with God. Uh, it, the Holy Spirit could have very easily said we're laborers together uh, for God, but we're labors together with God. We're His mouthpiece. Faith comes by hearing. We've talked about that so many times in hearing the Word of God. So we, we want our loved ones saved. We want to see people come to know Christ Jesus. Well, in order to do that, they have to hear the gospel. They have to hear that truth. Amen? So who's going to be the one speaking it? We are. We are labors together with God in order to get that glorious message out. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. It's a supernatural effort. I am, just, I am so glad that it's not based on, on my ability, on my strengths, on, on what I can do, what I can convince people of. I am glad that it is... You know, as, as we open our mouths and we say what God's Word says, that it's, it's God's Word that, that, that goes forth. Last night, Faye and I had an opportunity to, uh, to witness to a guy. And, and, and here's, here's what's really interesting about that. Uh, he came to me and asked. You know, I hadn't said anything to him about, about the Lord. And, but he said, you're a preacher. And I got a question for you. 
And so he just opened up and started talking about, you know, salvation. And there were other people there, and the other people who were there, they were believers. Um, and it was, it was interesting that it was just kind of a, the subject got changed, and then we came back to it, and then it, it wasn't like sitting down. I, I, even, I even kind of joked, and I said, Faye, get me my Bible. And, but we were outside on the patio, and, and uh, he kept bringing the topic back up. And so I'd share with him just a little bit, and we'd talking about different things. And, and after he left, you know, he said, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I, you know, he, he still had some questions. He said, when I, when I, when I believe in Jesus, I'm, I, I want it to be on my own, uh, my own way, and here's what I want to do. And, and, and you know, it just I felt like a failure. felt like a failure after it was all over. And I was laying in bed thinking about that, and I thought, but Lord, you're not. In my flimsy, in my weak, in my weakness, then you're strong. And see, I could fall asleep last night with the full assurance that we shared the Word of God with this person, and it's not up to me. As much as I'd like to see this person saved, as much as his wife would love to see him saved, God really wants to. into that relationship with him and so I I, I, I left the, when they left that night I was just oh, boy what an opportunity I hope I didn't I hope I didn't blow it what was funny about that maybe I shouldn't share this here but oh uh, well he said I, I'm thinking about being baptized what do you think about that Okay, and so, you know, you just, you hate to have to muck through all of that to get to the truth. And I guess that's why I, I, I wish that he had never brought that up, if we'd just start talking about But see, that's what people see as salvation. The moment I get dunked, I'm going to be saved. I, I, that's all I need to do. I get dunked, I'll be religious. Yeah, you'll probably be religious you're not going to be redeemed. Anyway, we need to take serious this labor that we have for the Lord, striving according to His working. He's the one that's working. He's the one who's moving. He is the one that wants to see those individuals come to a glorious salvation experience where they know that Christ died for them. I mean, after all, He's the one who gave His life for them. Amen? He's the one who suffered and died on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know what they do. He, he wants to see this world saved more so than I ever do. Serious about the job of preaching. Serious about our job of sharing. And I'm glad this morning that it's not up to me. But as God moves, as the Holy Spirit moves... They come to know Christ as their Savior. My desire is to be that instrument of praise, to be that tool for His glory, to say what His Word says so they know what His Word says so the Holy Spirit can work on that individual's heart. Go, go to Ephesians 3 real quick. Ephesians chapter 3. 
verse 7, 3, verse 7. I wanted to read this last week because it fits so perfectly with what the, the letter to the Colossians and the letter to the Ephesians, they're so much of the same truth he's sharing with both groups. It's almost a double whammy. He's, he's hitting those in Ephesians with this glorious truth and those in Colossians, and he's saying, you share your letter with them, and they're going to share that your letter, yours with them, and them with yours. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Count on it. You share God's word. It's his power that's at work. Even if we mess it up. Even if we trip and fall. Verse 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what you have. You have the riches of Christ. By the way, the unsearchable, that's untraceable, untrackable. What Paul was sharing with them is you can't go back into the Old Testament. There's nothing there about the body of Christ. There's nothing there about a joint body. There's nothing there about the glorious work that God the Father planned on doing through God the Son as He as he made a joint body of Jew and Gentiles with him as the glorified head. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was unsearchable. It was untraceable. It was untrackable. But now it's being revealed. Celebrate that glory in that, that God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 9 kind of brings that back out. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. You, you, get the, you get the idea that Paul wants to make sure they understand that this glorious truth that they're hearing was hid in God. It was a secret. But oh, it's such good news now. Here's what God intended all along in order so that man could be saved by grace. And look at verse 10. Ephesians 3. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. You know, as I study the Scripture, there are two things that we, we find Two things that we find is the purpose of the church. That's us, the body of Christ. And as you read this, you, you realize, number one, in, in, according to Ephesians 2, is that in the ages to come, we might show the exceeding riches of His grace. In other words, the church is going to be trophies of the grace of God. Isn't that incredible? That's, the, that's your purpose. It may not get you excited in Yahoo now, but I guarantee you there's coming a day when the full impact of that truth that you are going to be there in order to, uh, according to Ephesians 2, by the church, you're going to be trophies of His grace. You're going to be an expression of God's grace. All of creation. And talking about dominions, talking about powers, talking about authorities in the heavenlies. People say, do you believe in aliens? That usually wakes people up. Do you believe in aliens? 
Now, I don't believe in little, little green men, but I believe they're special creations of God. God's Word tells us that there are authorities, there are powers, there are dominions, they're angelic, but they're real. They're real. And in all, of, all of creation as we are going to be around the throne, the one thing that's going to stand out, that's going to display the grace of God, is the church, His body. These sinners saved by grace. The other thing that the church is going to show to all of these principalities and these powers, both the invisible and the visible, you ever thought about that? Oh, by the way, this week I read an article that talks about their scientists that believe They've discovered uh, a parallel universe. And boy, they were all hyped on that, and they were all excited about it. They've discovered a parallel universe. Well, folks, I could have told them they could have just given all that money to me. I, they didn't have to put all that research into it. There, there are powers and dominions, visible and invisible. And what the church is going to do to those powers, to those dominions, is dis- to display the manifold wisdom of God. You're not only going to demonstrate God's grace through you're going to display his wisdom. All of creation. I don't know who these powers are. I don't know who these these authorities are, but I believe they're there. And they're going to step step back in amazement. Uh, Peter talks about the fact that that the angels the angels themselves desire to look into this gospel. They, they, they're interested in this great and glorious news. The angels themselves, in, in that whole context, just gives the impression that they're, they're looking. Now, only man, we, we're, we're redeemed. And I've heard the song many times, well, I've heard it said many times, you know, we sing amazing grace, that it's a song that not even the angels can sing. And they, they can't because there's no redemption for them. But there's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. There's going to be a new Jerusalem. The creation is going to be made right. And as this new heaven and this new earth, and as this, the creation right now, the growing angels, they're a part of that. I'm not saying, no, they, they can't come to Jesus they can't believe and be saved, but everything is going to be made right by the gospel. Everything is going to be made right by the fact that Christ died on the cross, the fact that he was buried, the fact that he rose again, conquering death. What a glorious truth that is. Ephesians 3.11 according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord and whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. My boldness to approach the throne, my assurance that I have to come before God with my quest and my needs have absolutely nothing to do with my faithfulness, but everything to do with His faithfulness. It's what God's Word says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We may have boldness to come before Him. 
as in the ages to come, we're going to show his wisdom. We're going to demonstrate his grace. Because, folks, we have been blessed beyond measure.